I'll start us because I've only got 20% of my phone left. Woo! All right. <laughs> Speed run. You are. <laughs> Speed run. You are listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. This is, I'm sorry, you can hear it probably in my voice that I'm rolling my head around on my neck like some kind of deranged owl because I've got this weird, whatever you have in your back, the cords that go in your back, they're not tendons, but the the cords, mine are bunched up and they hurt. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone, if you don't have a stiff neck right now, cherish your life. If you don't have a clogged nostril right now yo cherish your life let's all just appreciate those moments when we don't feel like crap so i went to the doctor for having perpetual sinus infection is what i thought and they were just like no it's a deviated septum but it is not deviated enough that they will do fucking surgery on it so they're basically like it's just called like chronic rhinusitis or lifestyle rhinusitis or whatever. Where it's like called, fuck my life. It's called fuck my life. Where I always am clogged up even without oh man, just every now and then they both clear and it is like the most orgasmic, blissful moment in the middle of my day where my oh sinuses my are not clogged. I can actually see the difference in photos of me when I smile. My eyes always go away when I smile. Like, they're always super squinty. But now it's puffy underneath them because there's oh always shit in my sinuses. Get back to the Northwest. Was this a problem before? Oh, it was always a problem, but it's been worse out here just because this is the ass of the world. So... I complain about everything over here. At least back there, I wasn't complaining. I'm going to get out of the ass of the world. Hey, guess what, guys? By the time this goes up, haha, spoiler alert, I will probably be driving back to Washington State. I haven't posted this publicly anywhere yet. I'm going to wait until November 1st when Jason and I are driving and this asshole of a town is in my rearview mirror. And then I'll post about it on Facebook saying, guess what? We hate Boston. We're coming home. But I'm coming back to Washington for keeps, my friends. She's coming back. She's coming back. back. Hey, Liz, you've driven I-90. So as I'm driving back to Washington, what am I going to drive through first? Well, not first. What am I going to drive through between Montana and Washington? Uh, Idaho? Idaho. Oh, no, you're not. Never mind. Yeah, I am. Because it's not there. Wait, Idaho's not there? No, remember? No, I don't remember. Oh, that's right. I do remember. Idaho's not there. Idaho is there. It better be there because I want to talk to you today about Idaho. I have a story for you about a lake monster or a government cover-up. Oh, my God. I love it. We're also doing a nice job incorporating states that aren't just Washington lately. Trying so hard, man. All I ever want to do. We back to our Spokane wheelhouse. I actually today packed up my, uh, you know, saga of a Western town, influential women of Spokane and Spokane from 1910 to 1940. I packed up my Spokane books. If we ever live in the same place again, we've got to make like a library just of all this stuff. That's my vision for when when I'm a millionaire um, through steps yet to be determined and I own a separate beautiful historical house, I'm going to turn this historic beautiful house, which is historic and beautiful to me. Yeah. Into uh, Airbnb or yeah. something where people can come stay and look at all the cool Northwestern stuff. And yeah. then one of the rooms will be a library of all the Northwestern books. Yeah. Is, can't the downstairs be like the, the, the brick and mortar base of our museum slash gift shop slash salon? Yeah. 
It's wonderful. Um, well, folks will come from all around to stay in your historic home. And while they're in the area, they should probably go check out Lake Ponderay. Lake Ponderay. Lake Pan- Have you ever been there? I feel like I have, but I... You know how it is. There's a lot of lakes around There's here. a lot of lakes so, around here. So, like, I get a, a vision in my head, but I don't know if I'm actually seeing Ponderay or am I seeing, like, Crystal Lake? Am yeah. I seeing yeah. Lane? Am I seeing... Well, Ponderay is, like, one of the big ones, though. It is. Where it's one of the ones where people have, like, a, a silhouette of its shape as a sticker on yeah. the rear windshield. And if you don't know what it is, you're like, it looks like a bird pooped. It does look exactly like a bird poop. People online are like, it looks like an ear, which is perfect because pondere means hanging from the ear. And I'm like, no, it looks like bird shit. It looks like streaky what the paint fuck splatter. Did ears look like? Uh apparently seagull poop. Yeah. Lake Pondere is a big one. It's Idaho's largest lake. It's the fifth deepest lake in the nation it's covering 148 square miles it's just a big mamma jamma this is a lot of water (laughs) i wasn't (laughs) expecting that and it delighted me i'm so glad i'm so glad i've been to ponderay i mean i went to ponderay lake once a year for 15 years i guess my mom had a boss charlene who had a little lake cabin on it and you know one of those cabins that you bought for ten dollars in 1970 and then of course because it became a, a destination was now yes. worth more than any of us could have ever afforded uh but That's it was just do it oh yeah i i have never yet found the ground floor that i can get in on that then becomes the <laughs> penthouse but i'm getting there you know Pondere lakes where i found that clovis point or maybe oh, yeah. not clovis point it could be a what are they called? The Folsom Point or one of the other eras, but it's where I found a Paleolithic arrowhead type thing. So I have a lot of love for Ponderay because it got me the coolest thing that I've ever picked up off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> of which there are many cool things that I have picked up off the ground. They weren't all used sex toys, just yeah, I'm just like, three if that of them. If, if that touched somebody's junk than it was tens of thousands of years ago. Yeah, exactly. History junk. Exactly. That's how people can pick up corpolites. Like, yeah, it's dinosaur shit, but it's really, really old. So, like, the part that is poop is no longer a problem. There you go. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, I'll give you a little backstory just to let you know that Ponderay Lake is, of course, named after the Ponderay tribe. Ponderay being a French name for the Kalispell tribe. Kalispell, of course, was already an Anglicization of a Salish word that the people called themselves. So we're like many degrees removed from what the Salish people would have called that tribe. And I won't disrespect them by trying to pronounce it. But the short of it is that it meant the Camus people. Oh, okay. And Camus is one of my favorite wildflowers and i did a whole do you remember a couple years ago i think it was two years ago now there was that paradise school in paradise valley montana that i was doing an exhibit for and then it just kind of i sent them the files to make this exhibit and then never heard from again so oh, i'm, I'm not serious not actually sure. solve that one solve Bring that, that one right <laughs> i'm not really sure if they just never got the funding to do their museum or what but i had to do a whole a whole panel of this exhibit on the camas flower because the camas plant is so important to the 
Pacific Northwest and Inland Northwest yeah. tribes. Yeah. It's a beautiful flower. You know, it's that six pointed, it looks kind of like a star. It's on this stalk that looks like an asparagus almost. I mean, it's related to mm-hmm. the asparagus plant, so that makes sense. Oh, is it? That yeah. Surprising, right? Um, but pull it up right now. Camus plant. Camus. Oh, city. Yes, it's That's a so city in Washington. It's just so. I don't know. I just love it. They will cover entire meadows, or they used to, you know, before we came and let our animals graze on it and then planted wheat. Uh, But they'll cover entire meadows blue and purple in the spring and summer. Good, good. But yeah, it's edible. It's edible. Is the big thing. The tuber is. The bulb is is sweet and Mm -hmm. you can eat it. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. you can dig it up. Yeah. People would harvest it. Yeah, people still do. I read that when I was doing this exhibit creation was that there's this special like dual forked stick that you use to plop in the ground and pull this tuber out and uh tribes still gather the root every year and uh it's totally something i want to try i'm oh yeah i remember you we we talked about it when we were talking about eat weird washington yeah it was like everybody go gather it and then the men will eat it (laughs) (laughs) right Okay, now just unscientifically, there's also a thing called the Mountain Death Camus. So, Damn it, you as usual with Ouija broads, don't just pick stuff up off the ground and put it in your mouth just because we said you could eat it. Just because there's difference. Just because Devin said she was gonna try, it, that's why I haven't done it yet. It was like I'm confident I can identify the difference in them, but I don't want to die yet. So yeah. I'll wait. When I do dig camas root, I'll go with someone who knows the fuck they're doing and try to learn the real way. Pretty good policy. Pretty good policy. But we're talking about Ponderay, not the people. We're talking about Mm -hmm. the lake. The lake. Like I said. Big, deep lake. Big, deep lake. 148 square miles, 1,150 feet deep in certain places. Absolutely. I, know, I don't know what that means. It's it's deep. It's a unit, dude. It is an absolute, <laughs> absolute. unit. <laughs> it's big. It's deep. It's cold. It was glacier formed during the last ice age. And then the Montana, or sorry, the Missoula flood, of course, had a, a hand in shaping that. Oh, Eastern. two Missoula flood topics in a row. Two Missoula. I know. We're just so good. We're so, but what Synced I'm up. what I'm going to tell you about is not the Missoula flood. I'll tell you about the lake monster that's supposed to inhabit Ponderay. Ah, lake monster! Lake monster! Do you know what the name of this one is? You will once I say is, it. If, is it the Ponderay paddler? It is the Ponderay paddler. They love alliteration. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have a monster and you don't want people to be afraid of it, better it. than Charlie. Poor Charlie. Oh, you don't like Charlie. I don't like Charlie's name. I like Charlie the monster. Yeah. But I feel bad that Charlie got named after a catchphrase from like a crappy radio show. I don't know. If it oh, was did it? Yeah. Remember Charlie Was You Dare or whatever no. that was? Yeah. That's why Charlie's named that. I feel sure we talked about this, but probably um, I just was having an imaginary conversation with you in my head. That's good. But. In the days when they were doing, like, radio programs that were basically just, like, vaudeville folks trying to translate whatever they could, uh, which is why I was thinking about this, because I just read a book about vaudeville the other day where they actually mentioned this. There was some kind of, like, humorously accented character whose catchphrase was something along the lines of Charlie, was you dare? 
or like <laughs> Char- Charlie, are you there? Or like something like that. So that's why Charlie is called Charlie. Oh my! Is because it's like, oh, you know, is Charlie there? Is it there? Wow. Yeah. I mean, at that point, just name it Margaret after the terrible Judy Bloom book. <laughs> are you there, God? It's me, Charlie. <laughs> nope. Nope. This is called the Paddler, and actually, I don't know why it's called the Paddler because most reports of it are not that it's you know splashing around like a little seal with little flippers kind of paddling through the water. Much flippity doo, much like the Loch Ness monster, people report many humps, a serpentine movement, a long. I'm doing this all with my hand as I tell you. By I, the way. I can tell you yep. are. Yep, I'm moving but it, around. It's one of those serpenty guys. Serpenty so guys can't even with, paddle. It can't paddle. Although you know, people think, well, it's a plesiosaur, and plesiosaurs had little paddle flippers, but. What is most reported are the humps that come out of the water or the long neck with a with a head on top, you know, a big, long periscope-like neck, which is important yes. later when we talk about what sh- uh, paddler, not Charlie, when we talk about what the paddler could be. How about just the Ponderay plesiosaur? Oh, or the Ponderay pleaser. That's my new name. <laughs> you can buy that at the truck stop. <laughs> you can buy that at the truck stop. But a similar number of humps. well well unlike a lot of lake monster sightings here in the pacific northwest or even unlike a lot of cryptid sightings in general we don't have ancient native american lore to kind of cement this as you know a long-standing history the first reported sightings of something fishy in lake ponderay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wrote that in my notes, so I was sure to use it. Uh, You're very proud of yourself. I'm very proud of myself. But I'll tell you, the first sighting of the first time there was something fishy, ha-ha, now we're back on track, in Lake Ponderate was in 1944. Oh, wow, okay. Very recent. There, yeah, that's a lot later than most of them. Absolutely, yeah. First, uh, The first few sightings are in newspapers in 1944 and 1945. Then, honestly, not a ton happens with people reporting sightings of a creature in Lake Ponderay until Lauren Coleman, we know that name, our guy, guy, talks about, uh, sorry, Lauren Coleman mentions it in a book he's writing in the 70s. He just mentions that there's a lake monster in Lake Ponderay. Okay. Does he say where he, he just, because he's using like the newspaper reports and stuff? Uh, I would imagine so. I didn't, didn't go back and read this book to see what context that he writes about it in. Fair. But he mentions it. So of course that always happens. You hear, oh yeah, one guy reported it. So now there's a spike. There's an uptick in reporting, which. Yeah. Plus every survey is going to include it once somebody has it. It's kind of like. I was looking for the Port Orford thing, and I'm like, I really wish I could tell who actually wrote this particular phrase, because it's in every summary of this. Right? And somebody's getting ripped off. Somebody started this shit. I want to go back to the beginning. Who do I credit? Yeah. Yeah. Poor Lauren. Poor oh, well, Lauren. Is famous. I know. I know, right? In the... Um, 70s, Lauren Coleman mentions it. Like I said, there's an uptick in reports that kind of culminates in 1977 when a young girl was reported to have been attacked by the monster. And 
there was a photo that was included of this this monster that attacked her in a couple tabloid-like places. And I was able to finally get to the bottom of that because, again, it was mentioned a time or two. And then everything you find online is like, yeah, someone was attacked in 1977. And then they don't follow up. But I was able to find a Sandpoint magazine was like, yeah, 1977, a girl was reported attacked, but it was eventually found that the photo was of a prop that was used in a play in 1974. So they kind of summed that one up for me in a way that no one else had, which was like, all right, well, that one I'm going to say was a hoax. Yeah, that that sounds like either a hoax or somebody really scaring the shit out of her for no particular reason. (laughs) Yeah, right? And then she, you know, cut herself on a rock in her haste to get the fuck out of there. Yep. (laughs) That would work for me. We have another fairly well-documented sighting that happened Memorial Day 1985. And it was a group of three sailboaters said that they saw an unknown creature that was longer than their 22-foot sailboat. Okay, so three people on one boat, not three separate boats. Yeah, sorry. Three sailboaters on one boat. It's a 22-foot long sailboat, so presumably there's room for three people on that. And they reported that this creature moved in an undulating manner. Uh, Julie Green, who was the one who reported it, said, quote, there was clearly something in the water ahead of us that was undulating, coming in and out of the water, end quote. And in this article I read, it said that uh, Julie said that they tried to chase it, but that the gunmetal gray object soon outdistanced them. Chasing that is an interesting choice, especially in a sailboat. Uh, right. Also, Julie, like, badass woman in the 80s, way ahead of her time, being a female monster hunter, apparently, where she's like, yeah. this this fucking, I mean, it's before the movie Anaconda, you know, so she didn't have <laughs> Jennifer Lopez as an example of not to chase snakes, but holy shit, Julie. I see this 22-foot-long thing undulating in the water. You saw me get afraid of submerged trees. When we were in yeah. the water. Uh-uh. In fairness, they were quite alarming. Oh my god, they were immediate and big, and they showed you just how fucking deep the water was there. Oh well, my your god. Your philosophophobia is pretty robust, it's, too. Whereas, yeah. I, it's right on the border for me, where, like, I love looking at pictures of giant things underwater. It's very, like, it, it scares me just enough. Does it? Yeah, for me. It, that I like it. It definitely becomes that paralytic, like, and now I'm going to die doing the quarter try Wonder Woman <laughs> swim because something's <laughs> underneath me and it's going to eat me. Well, better embrace death now. <laughs> Guess that's my option. Guess that's my option. Well, I'm not really afraid of heights, so I would have been better off in the 90s with Virginia and Orrin Overland, who were flying in their small little personal prop, uh, personal plane over Lake Ponderay. They're about 2,000 feet above uh, the, the surface of the lake, so they can still see pretty good detail, actually. And yeah. as they're looking down, Virginia said they saw what was a very large fish about a mile from Sandpoint Beach. And she, you know, postulates, I think it was a giant sturgeon, and maybe this is what some of the the sightings are, is a giant sturgeon. okay, Virginia keeping it pretty modest, keeping it pretty real. Yeah, Virginia's keeping it real. The problem with that is that sturgeon aren't native to Lake Ponderay. They're not? Oh, I would have assumed they had sturgeon in there. That's funny. Sturgeon is the fucking 
basking shark of lake monsters. You know how yes. when you find a carcass <laughs> on, a, on a sea beach, it's a fucking basking shark carcass. When you see a big ass thing in the water in a lake in North America, it is a fucking sturgeon. That <laughs> That is our red herring straw man or actual real thing. I don't, it, it, depending on where you fall on the conspiracy theory spectrum. Yes. It's a no, sturgeon really big and they're bottom feeders and like they haven't evolved for a billion years as far as i can tell they're living dinosaurs i will always remember you telling me about the giant sturgeon you saw on some band trip or whatever some field trip you took in school that i wasn't a part of yeah we went to some kind of nature preserve and had died and was on the shore and somebody had a pocket knife and that thing was easily easily six feet long yeah they get Big. Well, so mm-hmm. sturgeon aren't native to Lake Ponderé. The largest fish that's been caught in Lake Ponderé was in 1947 or something. I mean, I should say the largest, you know, like verified recorded fish. Uh, yeah. But it was a 37-pound type of rainbow trout, which is native to the lake. 37-pound um, rainbow trout. Yeah. Okay. So not... I mean, that's a big fish, but that's not like... Uh, I'm seeing something other world. Yeah, right? I mean, that's smaller than your dog. <laughs> yes. My <laughs> dog weighs 66 pounds. Oh, man. What a chunk. Um, yep. <laughs> so even though sturgeon aren't native, some um, some folks from the Department of Fish and Game had said, well, yeah, but native people did stock lakes. So you could have caught sturgeon oh. from other lakes or gotten sturgeon row and introduced them into Lake Ponderay. So they could be there in small numbers. That is a possible, if not plausible, theory. Okay. So that's interesting. Uh, But if it's not a sturgeon, and it's not a prehistoric plesiosaur holdover, you know. We haven't ruled that out. We haven't ruled that out. But let's let's say it's not those two things. What could it be? Well... Some people think... I thought you were asking. Well, I mean, I can put you on the spot. What could it be, Liz? Uh, furry. It's not a furry. That's always my explanation. They're a scaly when they swim. Sorry, they're a scaly. Yeah. It could be... Did you see somebody um, put a giant mechanical whale on Moses Lake the other day? Oh my gosh. No. I th- I thought I saw it, something like that in Fish Lake, but it must have been Moses Lake. It's like this big... Uh, so whoever has it is moving it around gotcha. to various lakes. There's like a... It, it goes along like on the surface yeah. of the lake, and I can't tell how big it is from this video, but like it's pretty big. It's a blue whale that like cruises along on the top of the lake. Yeah. Somebody says it was built by somebody called Mr. Hansen. I don't really know who that is, but... They they take it around to different lakes, apparently, and All it right. cracks people up. And if you, like, make whale noises at it, it'll make whale noises back. <laughs> so, Mr. Hansen, or whoever you are, thank you. I really appreciate your commitment to strangeness. <laughs> You're doing good in the world, you know? Yeah. Just unfettered joy, my friend. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Well, so that's, that's a mechanical explanation, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yeah. You're... You're in the the camp that I fall in and the camp that a lot of people fall in is that some people think that Paddler is a government-perpetuated hoax to draw attention away from secret or not-so-secret military testings in the lake. 
Oh. <laughs> I'll explain. It's Okay. I'm not as I thought you were going to say like test submarine, but no, you went all the way there. All the way there. I Okay. I'm not all the way in the uh the fringe far out, but it is no secret that the US Navy has had a presence at Lake Ponderay for the past 80 years. Uh, during wow. World War II, the south end of the lake was actually the second largest naval training ground in the world. Oh, it, just because it's so big and so deep? So big, so deep. We just had Pearl Harbor, and mm-hmm. the Navy needed an inland but still Pacific Rim area to do naval training. Okay, So it's now Farragut State Park. Which I'm sure oh. you've heard of. Um, I mean, yeah. I I was at Farragut yearly for 15 years for cowboy shoots. I feel like this this whole like the government is up to some really intense secret stuff also came up when we were talking about the Idaho conspiracy. Idaho just loves to be anti-government. I think. <laughs> yep. So we we know that there's a military base there. We know that they were doing submarine testings in the lake and some folks there's i mean there's two camps there's there's the one that's very extreme and then there's the one that's less extreme that i fall in and i'll explain some people think that either the navy started the idea of a lake monster in ponderay lake so that if people came forward and said i saw something weird there's already a, uh, what am I trying to say? There's already the idea of something weird in the water in place that people are going to go to strange animal and not strange oh. submarine. They're going to think, oh, yeah, okay, it's it's a weird animal out there, right? We don't know what it is. There's already a framework. Thank you. For, oh, ho, you saw the, the paddler. Yes. Not, it it kind of constrains what people are going to think when they hear that. Yes, okay. exactly. And the other, and we know too that, like cognitively, if you tell people what to expect, they sometimes remember details that aren't even there. Oh yeah. So if you if you tell them like, here's a place where you're likely to see a lake monster, and it looks like this, then when they see something that makes them think of that, they might remember it having like a sinuous neck yep. or an eye. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Uh, or the other idea is that the navy was already testing there, which we know is true, and then when these when someone came out and was like, I saw something really fucking weird, and it kind of looked like maybe a big dinosaur neck coming out of the water, the military was just like, yes, uh-huh, mm-hmm. that could be it. It couldn't possibly have been a periscope of a submarine, which we're testing there. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, that was probably uh, it. It's a dinosaur. Yep, makes sense. Sounds good. Yep. Like Lydia yesterday, when she couldn't find one of her stuffed animals, she looked for 30 seconds and she went, huh, I guess my stuffed animals are alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Child. Probably. That's the most logical explanation for not being able to find something. Child. She got up and walked away because probably it is alive. Awkward. And I like how she said, it, like, huh, I guess they are alive. <laughs> like somebody had been telling her that and she didn't really buy it until <laughs> she couldn't find Octobunny. Yeah, right? <laughs> Go figure. Who knew? I guess they are alive. I guess so. Occam's razor? What is that? Mom doesn't let me play with sharp things. 
Not familiar. No. Well, we uh, we talked about this, I want to say, on the Cadborosaurus episode yeah. or something, or maybe sometimes I can't remember what I've talked to you about just talking to you. I know. Versus what we've released for everybody to listen to. I know. To. But there really aren't sea creatures that swim along and stick their whole giraffe neck out of the water. No. There's no reason to do that no. as a sea creature. And in fact, most of the creatures that have had necks like that, like the plesiosaur, d- they wouldn't have been able to do that muscular musculature-wise, right? right? Like, right. the reasons they had snaky necks were so they could lash out really quickly yeah. and grab prey. It, it was not to periscope, because why would you ever periscope if you're an underwater creature? Like, that's what you do if you're a land creature in a tin can, and you want to see where you're going. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. Like, there's not trees that they're trying to reach, like giraffes. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. They're not. <laughs> they're just trundle- trundling along, using those very precarious neck muscles to hold their head way the fuck out of water, up in danger yeah. where they could get seen and eaten by other creatures. Of course that's what they're yeah. doing. It's just a very human-centered way of imagining what creatures would do. It's yeah. like, well, when I'm partially underwater just on the surface, I like to pick my head up. I like to breathe. Yeah. I like to, you know, have a, a scuba mask or a bamboo shoot in the manner of Daffy Duck. <laughs> and that's how I am. It's like, no, sea, sea creatures don't orient themselves to the air in the land that uh-uh. way. Like, they, a lot of them, in fact, the big ones, like, they can't do well if they're partially or fully out of yeah. the water. And the things that do need to come out of the water, like whales, will just breach yeah. and go about their yeah. business. It's just a little bit of them. It's just an iceberg. There's a tiny little yeah. tip that comes out, and they're like, well, my blowhole's now out in the air. Cool. Better suck in a lungful before I go back down for three more hours. Yeah, they don't haul, like, the entire top half of their body out to to expend no. a bunch of energy. No. I mean, I, I will admit, sea creatures do weird things. So, right. like, there's those rays that all get together and have, like, a jump in the air party. And I love it. I remember watching it one time and just, like, on a, a nature documentary of some kind and just dying laughing. Don't they look stupid? They do. Well, they're just, like, flying in the air, <laughs> and I don't know why, what it's for. And they go so high, and they put so much effort into yeah. it. So I don't want to say that animals would never do something that seems counterproductive or counterintuitive, because there's a lot yeah. that we don't know on this day earth. But, yeah, but this- I'm just saying, if if... If the paddler operates that way, it's mm. unlike anything we're familiar with. Right. I'll just, I'll right. say that. We do know. It would be <laughs> unprecedented. <laughs> These giant devil looking pancakes come flapjacking out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Every the now flap, and then. Flap, 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 <laughs> for our amusement. Six feet up. <laughs> However. Oh, man. But yeah, like you were saying, this is, this is not usual. Um, but... But what is usual is that submarines have a giant gunmetal gray plesiosaur-looking neck that pops the fuck out of the water. Uh, And what we know now is that the Navy, in fact, was testing submarines and torpedoes that would be invisible to sonar in Lake Ponderay in the 1940s around World War II. Um, uh-huh. okay. very well matched the description of many of these long-necked lake monster gunmetal gray sightings. 
But they don't match the undulation. Like, the that aspect of it doesn't quite add up. No. So I'm curious as to whether that's, like, a... Are they seeing, like, waves move over a solid object and yeah. your eyes are sort of interpreting it that way? Or is that just sort of how it makes sense to them later? Or is yeah. there some sort of weird steampunk... <laughs> whale thing undulating along. I I mean, I know that I've seen just little tiny things sticking out of the water. Even if you look at like a, a turtle's head poking out of the yeah. water as it cruises yeah. along, the shadow and the wave coming off of that tiny protuberance does look like an undulation to me Yeah, a lot yeah. of the time. So I could very easily see like a tiny little bit of a submarine or a stick poking out of the water or a fucking sturgeon creating a wave pattern that looks sinuous. I mean, like, that yeah. for me is an easy misidentification. Light and water do weird optical things. Yeah, they do. For sure. Okay. Yeah, they anyway. do. Sorry, please continue. We know they were testing. Well, we know they were testing. And there are a couple of researchers who've gone, who've done the work for us to really narrow in the sightings um, in... Uh, what am I trying to say? We, there are some researchers that have already done the work to really pinpoint the sightings on the, on, on starting with the naval testing that was happening in Lake Ponderay. Uh, Patrick Hugh, oh, who is doing God's work, doing God's work, right? Uh, Patrick has researched the paddler for years and in an interview with Mysterious Universe, he was one of the first that, that made this connection and said, well, the, quote, the very first mention of paddler came straight from the Navy's own Farragut Naval Training Station established on the southwestern mm. end of Lake Ponderay in 1942. And then you have North Idaho College teacher Jim McLeod, who's done a ton of paddler research in the 80s and 90s and he went in there trying to find, you know, a creature, but came around to saying, quote, and this was in a 1996 article with the spokesman. He said, I think that the Navy directly or indirectly perpetuated the monster rumor for some time to disguise what they had been doing in the lake. They did not want the Whoa. public sticking their noses in it. And also pointed out that this long neck coming out of the water is exactly like a periscope and said, quote, I don't think it was policy of the military to concoct this story, but I certainly think that they helped foster the lake monster myth to their benefit if they didn't actually instigate it. Huh. Okay. Um, that's, that's really creative. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I like the idea of not saying that the military came up with it, but once people were like, is there a strange creature in the water going, uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sure sounds plausible. We We're not Should sure. We? We're certainly not underwater testing a whole bunch of shit. So we yeah, wouldn't like, know. All they would have to do to foster this is just if people said, we saw this, just don't volunteer that you had a submarine yeah. that day. Yeah. Because it's classified information. Exactly. Like, there you go. Exactly. Like, all, all a mystery is, is one person knows what the fuck's happening and nobody else. It's, and that's also a lot of what the the military does. Right? Right? Well, the, so in in the spokesman's benefit, they interviewed for this same story in 1996. They interviewed uh, a dude in the U.S. Navy to say, like, what do you think of these claims? And they interviewed a guy named Commander Rick Schultz, 
who at the time was the head of the Navy's David Taylor Acoustic Research Center in Bayview on the lake, and Commander Rick Schultz, who at the time was heading the Navy's David Taylor Acoustic Research Center, which was in Bayview on Lake Ponderay. And Commander Schultz said, quote, the Navy would not go to the extent or effort to create some story to cover up the fact that we are involved in submarine testing. I think that is definitely false. But I can't say, (laughs) but I can't say that in the past, an employee sitting at the bar didn't lean over to a buddy and say, hey, did you know that or that sort of thing? I like his style. Right? Right? I like that. He's like, I'm not saying, we would probably wouldn't have done this officially, yeah. but... Yeah. But people are people. People <laughs> are people and people talk. I quite like that, too. I thought it was kind of a cheeky little wink and nod to the audience. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. I, whether he knows or not, I'm sure he can't say, but why not kind of let you in on the, the joke, which is people are people and people talk. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. And we also f- buy into that fallacy of authority a lot. Yeah. Where I, I'm not saying that military people do this disproportionately, but I think that civilians have a real tendency to be like, and I heard it from a guy in the military. Totally. And you're like, yeah, he peels potatoes. Yeah. yeah like, right. <laughs> we, we, we like don't have a clear idea of who does what or what they would know. Or so we're just like, okay, well, probably you're in the loop on that. Probably. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Idiot. Or, or like, um. I've I've noticed, like, I since I teach and people call me in to teach stuff, and then they assume that, like, what I've taught them is the tip of a vast iceberg of knowledge. And I'm like, no, I told you 95% of what I know about yep. this subject, and the other 5% is just because I ran out of time. Yep. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I spoke with a lot of authority, I realize, but. Yep, but I but I used it all up. It was all there. Yep, I, sh- all I shot my shot, my friend. There's and there's no more cartridges in that gun. <laughs> no questions by. No questions by. We ran out of time for the Q and A. So yeah, yeah, that sounds like a, a total thing that would be a very plausible yeah oral history of yeah of that. And it's it's not the kind of thing unless you could conclusively say like, hey, can you give us a record of every time you had a test submarine out and where they were? Exactly. And cross-reference it against all the sightings? Exactly. No. no. I think the timeline matches up. Sightings started when they started doing submarines that, hey, match that description. The Navy still has a presence there. There is still... Yeah. I was going to say, when did they stop doing they, that? Yeah, they, they haven't. It's still home to the Navy oh. Acoustic Research Department, as well as the Ponderay Calibration Station. And now the Navy's open. <laughs> I know a calibration <laughs> station. And what they're doing now, openly, is that the Navy is doing sonar testing with large-scale submarine prototypes. And they can do that because the lake is so deep that it mimics the acoustic properties, apparently, of the ocean. But there's two advantages. One, there's less background noise because there's so much fucking background noise in the ocean. That's something that scientists are now starting to talk about, how the amount of background noise in the ocean is making animals sick. Background noise is making animals in the ocean sick because they've never been used to this amount of noise pollution from all the shit that we're doing in the ocean. The drilling, the fracking, the boats, the submarines, the sonar. 
But anyway, so two advantages. There's less background noise in Lake Ponderay. And the bigger advantage, of course, is that it's not in international waters. So our sonar testing cannot be monitored by foreign governments if it happens in Lake Ponderay. It's specifically landlocked. Yep. Yeah. So nobody is going to be able to see what you're doing unless they bought a cabin for $10 in 1972 and and somehow turned it over to the Russians or whatnot. Exactly. So... There you go. We have the Ponderay Paddler, which I, up until I researched, really assumed was a giant sturgeon. And now I would say I lean toward misidentifications of normal plants, normal animals, but a lot of submarines. Yeah, I was going to say, like like the movie Scream taught us, there can be more than one thing. Definitely. If you're not really sure what you're looking at. Yep. So it could be some submarines, some sturgeons, some logs with one branch mm-hmm. bobbing along. Because mm-hmm. that's the problem with like something being gunmetal gray and shiny is that a lot of natural material will weather down to a color around oh, that, yeah. especially if it's in the water. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. What do you think? Um, I wish there was a term that was like UFOs, but for things in the water. I I know USO is already taken. Yeah. But the idea of that we talked about with with saucer, 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 that it's like the the there's things that you don't know what they are and you can just describe them and not have to interpret it and label Mm -hmm. it feels like it would do well to translate to this where to not say i saw a submarine i saw a log i saw a sturgeon yeah but just to say i saw a shape and it looked like so yeah it was such and such big i it sounds like the submarines got this whole thing started yeah it's interesting to me. I didn't know that they didn't have sturgeon naturally in there. Yeah, I didn't either. I feel like they probably would know if they had sturgeon at this point. You would think. I'm also surprised that they don't have any legends, because normally you can dig up some kind of legend. Yeah. To, to say yeah. that there was such a thing. Hang that like, hat. Ooh, the ancient legend of the, the lake with no monster <laughs> in it. <laughs> It was so cursed. There was no monster at all. Mm. Yeah. But relative to some of the other ones we've talked about on the show, like Caddy, like I really was all on board to dive in with Caddy because I like all the different sightings. Yeah. I like how consistent it was. I like how bad the hoaxes were. Yes. The people that just had like that log with a mouth on it and two button eyes and they're just all holding it. Like we spent all morning doing this. We brought a sack lunch. It's so bad. Look at his teeth. It's perfectly stiff. <laughs> they just had an arts and crafts day on say, the beach. If I were in the Navy, and this is exactly why I'm not, yeah. I would love the idea of making a, a, a some kind of stealth thing that was not about being invisible, but was about being visible but unbelievable. Oh, man. It'd be like having an assassin who was a clown. Oh, man. You know? I love that idea. You're like, here's my stealth submarine. It looks like a fucking sturgeon. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my stealth submarine. It it looks like a plesiosaur. And because if... 
You sound out of it enough yeah. if you're like, I think I saw a submarine or I think I saw a, a sea monster. Yeah. Imagine trying to convey, I think I saw a submarine disguised as a sea monster. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to be like, all right, weirdo. Right? That I- makes ton of sense. <laughs> I saw a submarine, but it had a bunch of graffiti on it that said your mom. Like, I don't know yeah. how to tell you this and make you believe me. Yeah, I saw a submarine, but the periscope had those eyelashes on it, like some people get for the car headlights. <laughs> That's <laughs> like it was looking at me. <laughs> no quicker way no to No one me. would ever believe you. <laughs> it was a submarine. But you know, when the periscope came out of the water, it made that slide whistle noise. <laughs> yeah yeah so that's my theory that i'd like to advance and have people consider which is um specialty military technology disguised as cryptid yep it's because again yeah if i were making a stealth airplane i would make it look exactly like a flying saucer and everybody would be like i don't know what you saw but but that's that can't be real you're making it up, you're confused, yeah. or some people will believe you, but nobody's going to think, uh-uh. aha, military technology. Aha. Uh-huh. No, you're drunk, <laughs> Wood. Go home. <laughs> yep. That would be the other thing, too, is I would try to make sure only drunk people would see it. I would be like, ah, 4th of July, it's yes. about 30 in the afternoon, everybody's kind of got a little bit of heat stroke. Yes. Everybody has been drinking cheap beer on a boat all day. Yes. They didn't bring water to drink. Here I am. Speaking. And just poke poke this above the water for a little bit. Aha, I'll show it to those guys. They're in a sailboat. <laughs> They're not going to be able to pursue this. Right. In researching this, I came across an article talking about shit at the bottom of lakes in the PNW, and I'll have to go back and find this so that I can I can say more substantially what it is. But apparently, there was a ship sunk in Lake Coeur d'Alene. It they they stripped it for scrap, but it was something that they were going to get rid of anyway. So they stripped everything they want out of it, and they went, "Well, when should we sink it? I know the Fourth of July because everybody else is blowing <laughs> shit up on the lake." So they blew it up on the lake, much like the C-word on Arrested Development, (laughs) during a bunch of fireworks and shit, so that no one would know. That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. All right, I'm going to let you out, Chris, because I know you're almost out of battery. I'm going to die soon. All right, my friends, if you want to hear more wonderfully weird stories about Loch Ness, I'm sorry, about lake monsters that may or may not exist... Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, where we will get social with you. Or find us on iTunes, Podbean, or the podcast listener of your choice so you can hear us talk about them. If you just want to do the listening, sit back. We'll do all the hard work. You can find us on our website, which is WeJabrods.com. If you want to throw a little bit of money at us, you can find us on Patreon. Liz, am I forgetting anything? I couldn't hear a fucking thing you said the yeah. entire time. Shit! So, so I just decided you, I'd wait until you were done, yep. and then you would be like, where'd she go? Where, and then I would say, die weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're at so, that point. I don't think I forgot anything. Plan. It's a good plan. Here, we'll do it again. So, since I didn't forget anything and Liz was completely unhelpful, thank you to my headphones, we would like you to live weird. 
die weird and stay weird thank you for listening thank you for listening i was expecting you to be like line